We continue uh, our Word of the Week sermon series. And one of you suggested to me and Catherine uh, that we preach a sermon not on one word, but on the many small words of our English language. For example, preach a sermon on prepositions. When we think about our language, it's not just the words that matter, but how the words connect to each other, and it's the small words, the prepositions, that really give meaning to the other words. In fact, the one of you who suggested this knows not only about language, but about translations, even Bible translations, and the critical issue in translating the Bible is so often how the little words, the connecting words, the prepositions are translated. Those little words determine everything about the larger words and our understanding. Our word today, believe, is almost always determined and significantly affected by the prepositions that are used alongside that word. Listen to what writer and preacher Frederick Beekner says. Prepositions can be very eloquent. A man is in architecture, a woman is in teaching, a man is in nursing, a woman is in law, and when you use the word in like that, it tends to mean these people make their living that way so they can do something else the rest of the time. But if we say that they are into, it changes completely. It's a whole nother story. Into means something like total immersion. Into means they live and breathe that. Into means they take it home with them. They can't get enough of it. To be into books, for example, uh, just might uh, be elaborated by the sight of a first edition Alice in Wonderland novel. That person would be really stirred by it. But to be in books might mean you work at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> so then Beekner begins talking about the complex word, which is our word today, believe. And he says, reminding us, the New Testament Greek speaks of believing into rather than believing in. Believing in God is often how it gets translated, but that implies more of an intellectual position. And that's where the problem comes. When you say, I believe in God, it may not really affect your life. And that's where the problem might come, because we believe in lots of things that have very little effect on our lives. We believe in gravity. We believe in the earth rotating around the sun. We believe in our financial advisor, at least we hope we do. We believe in the airline pilot. He's going to land the plane safely. In a sense, to believe in mostly means to accept something as true, to feel sure of it. But when it comes to believe and God, into, into is way better than in. To believe into God or to believe God with no preposition at all, uh, there's the sense that life is going to be greatly affected. There's the sense that 
our journey is going to be altered. There's a sense that our priorities get rearranged. Our hope gets reoriented. When we believe into, it changes us. Do you believe that your house is on fire? Well, that will change every aspect of your life if it's true. Do you believe that someone really loves you and will always love you? That's going to change everything about how you think about yourself and your role in the world. This is how believe intends to be understood in the Bible and with Jesus like that. More into rather than in. It's less a position. I believe in God. And it's more of a journey. I believe into God. And I believe God is real. And I believe God is present. And I believe God is working on me and working on the world. It changes things. Everything. It's not just a fact. It's a fantastic truth that reorients you. It's less a realization. It's a relationship. You cannot believe into God. You cannot believe God and have your life unchanged. That's the point. To believe into God, to believe God, well, that stirs your blood. It affects who you are. It affects what you do with your life. Eternal life is not the result of believing in God. Eternal life is the experience of believing. Are you with me? Our second lesson repeats this word many times. Listen, John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to Philip, have I seen, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And, in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me anything, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. As you can see, the word believe comes up over and over again in that passage. 
theologian and scholar Marcus Borg suggests that the best way to understand this word, even in this passage, especially in this passage, is to go back to the ancient, the ancient understanding of the word. It is not about what you know. It's not about what you think is true. To believe in God is not about intellectual assent or reaching some knowledge. Rather, to believe in God or believe into God, as I was speaking a minute ago, according to the original understanding of this word, is to hold God dear. To love and trust that person, God, so much that your life is altered in deep and significant ways. Do not let your hearts be troubled, Jesus says. Open your heart to God such that God holds you. To believe in God does not mean to believe that some statements about God are true. It means to allow your whole life to be held by God. To believe in Jesus does not mean that you think Jesus walks on water or can turn water into wine. I mean, that's pretty cool. But to believe in Jesus is to hold him so dear that you know you do not go it alone. Whatever you're dealing with, you know you do not go it alone, but that Jesus holds you all through life, all through death, and this relationship then stirs your heart and changes your life. That is what Jesus is all about in this gospel according to John. He is with us, the word made flesh. He is related to us. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes, who holds him dear, who opens heart and life to him, who gives heart to him. There's another critical preposition there. Gives heart to him, finds life and life eternal. In every encounter that people have with Jesus in this gospel, their lives are changed. It's not knowing things about Jesus, but engaging with Jesus. It's not a realization. It is a relationship. In fact, this is how we get to the Latin word credo. Credo, which gives us the word creed, which is creeds. We're a creedal church. We write out what we believe. But credo in Latin, which we usually translate I believe, actually means much more. Credo means I give my heart to. And heart does not refer simply to feelings or emotions, though those are involved. Heart is a metaphor for the self at the, at the deepest level, far beyond our emotions, far beyond our feelings, far beyond, beyond our thoughts. It is our whole self we give ourself to, to God. To whom do you give yourself? To whom do you give your heart? To whom do you commit yourself? Jesus says, believe in God. Believe also in me. And what he wants is our hearts related to his heart. What he wants is a relationship, a connection that changes our life and charges our lives so that we know what to do 
We serve God. We go the way of Jesus. We live with hope and vitality, spreading hope and vitality in the world. And we do it as Jesus goes alongside us. This is why he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. You want to find life? Follow me, he says. It's not about some knowledge. It's not about some words that we say. It's not thinking something is true. It's about a deep, heartfelt connection that transforms everything about us. In this sense, Christianity is not merely a religion. It is a way of life. It's not something we believe in. It's the way we go. The way we go day in and day out where our hearts are stirred by Jesus and our lives line up with the things that Jesus cares most about. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's what he means. Line up our lives with Jesus because our hearts are enfolded in Jesus' heart and he goes with us and it shapes everything about us. And what we know Jesus cares about is compassion. Compassion spread in the world. This word for compassion, the word for compassion is in Hebrew and Aramaic related to the word womb. Womb. Thus, to be compassionate is to be womb-like. Isn't that a great metaphor for this Mother's Day? God is compassionate. We're called to be compassionate. God is womb-like. We're called to be womb-like. Well, what does that look like? It means life-giving. It means nourishing. It means to feel what a mother feels toward the children of her womb. Tenderness. Total care for their well-being. Finding her children precious and beautiful. It can also mean, we know, a fierceness. Because when children of a mother are threatened, the mother can become fierce. It involves passion and fierceness also. It's not just a soft and cozy virtue. Womb-like. So we keep working on this. Compassion. Womb-like. When life gets complicated and we're not sure what is happening to our lives because of the things that are threatening us and dragging us down and getting discouraged, we keep working on this. Who has our heart and what are our hearts related to? We keep working on this. When we roll our eyes and wonder what in the world is going on in our nation and our world, we keep working on this. We are called to believe into Jesus. Give our hearts to, allow our lives to be held by Jesus. Believe into Jesus and seek ways to frame our lives with compassion. Be life-giving Be nourishing. Be womb-like for God's purposes in the world. This is what we do. This is the way. Believe into Jesus. Lean more and more into the ways of Jesus, loving and serving in the world. And did you hear what Jesus said? 
Very truly, in verse 12, very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me or believes into me will also do the works that I do. In fact, do greater works than these. I began this sermon thinking about prepositions and urging you to think along with me about prepositions. And I want to end this sermon in the same way with some thoughts about prepositions. Julian of Norwich, the 14th century Christian mystic, said most simply and most dramatically, radically, that we are not just made by God. We are made of God. Do you see how important that preposition would be? We are not just fashioned from a far-off creator and then launched into the world to live and carry on. We are born from the very womb of the divine. Julian sees us coming forth from the essence of the one who is the source of all things. This relates to the idea that we, each human being, carries the imago Deo, the image of God, the essence of God. It means, it means, though we flounder and wander, the wisdom of God is part of us. It means, though we feel dry sometimes and discouraged sometimes, that the creativity of God is part of us. It means, though we struggle sometimes to love and maybe struggle especially to forgive, the love and the forgiveness of God are part of us, our essence. So think about Jesus' words in this context. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe. Believe into God, which means give your heart to God's heart. And strive to be about God's ways in the world, womb-like. Compassion, care, spreading God's light in every way you can. Believe into God. Find ways that align life with God's way. And then we find life. And then we find life. Maybe you've heard about the Native American tribal leader who was describing the inner struggle going on always inside of him. He said, there are two dogs inside of me. One dog is mean and full of evil and often getting into danger and making a mess of things. The other dog is good and spreads love and hope and usually gets things right. And he said, the mean dog and the good dog are always fighting each other inside of me. And someone asked him, well, which of them wins? (laughs) And after some reflection, he says, the one that I feed. The one that I feed is the one that wins. Jesus says, believe. Believe into We keep working on this. Keep working on it. An invitation to hold dear the one who holds us. And we are, remember, of God. Of God. That means how we live in the world. That means how we love and how we seek to serve. That's how we find life.
May God's spirit touch all of our lives and transform us more and more so that we can believe into and spread God's love in this world, today, tomorrow, forever. Amen. Let us pray. Move in our midst, O God. We believe. Help our unbelief. We seek to go the way of Jesus in faith and love and service. Amen.